I'm Katie. I'm Kylie. And this is You're You're Not Not Paranoid. Paranoid. Hey everyone, Katie here. I know you're probably dying to hear part two of our Q&A episode, but alas, you must wait one more week for the conclusion. This week, we're doing another special From the Vault episode, specifically the one on earthquakes, originally airing back in February 2019. I picked this throwback because there have been several small earthquakes up and down California and the west coast of Nevada over the past week or so, and some of them have been waking me up in the middle of the night and freaking me out. So I thought this episode would be a good reminder for me and everyone else that the best way to combat fear is through educating yourself. Like we say here over at You're Not Paranoid, be prepared, not scared. We hope you enjoy this special episode and make sure you tune in next week for the second part of our Q&A episode. See ya! So now we're sharing the microphone because I unscrewed mine. You put it out into the universe Uh-oh. and the universe accepted it. And it's like, and now you guys have to share. It's going to happen now. Ooh, key dokey. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I see you a lot. I might as well be closer to you, I guess. I don't know. Come a little closer, <laughs> baby. Let's get closer. <laughs> we are now cheek to cheek. Just kidding, just kidding. That's weird. This is kind of weird. This is a. This is not the podcast you thought it was. I'll cut this part out, but I was like, in more ways than one. Anywho, you know what really rocks my world? Besides hot Cheetos, (laughs) you and those gosh darn hot Cheetos, man. I know they're actually a little bit painful, but they're so delicious. Just like love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. That's the same. Mm-hmm. Love and hot Cheetos. I think we're doing a podcast. Are we recording? Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. So <laughs> this is Kylie and that is Katie. <laughs> Ew, that sounded gross. Katie. Katie. I'm Kylie, not Katie. And we're doing You're Not Paranoid. No, Ew. You're Not Paranoid. A podcast. Yeah, where we talk to you about... Things that go bump in the night. Or bump on the earth. <laughs> which which is could what, be at night. Which could be at any time of the day. Yes. Yeah. So in this episode, we're talking about something that many people are afraid of. It's a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Our first one. Our first one. You're right. And I think a lot of people around the world are impacted by this. Mm-hmm. The secret word of the episode is earthquakes. earthquakes. I don't know why we keep doing that, by the way. It's fun. I feel like eventually people will get annoyed. What's the difference? One yeah. person or two people, you know what I'm saying? If we're having fun, that's what counts. If we're having fun, you might be having fun. Mm-hmm. But we're at least having fun. Yeah, and that's all that matters because we're important. Because mm-hmm. this is our podcast. We do what we want. So, earthquakes. <laughs> that's what the word's about that's the word that's and that's the word that's the podcast word of Mm -hmm. this episode so let's talk about it let's first of all have you ever been in an earthquake yes yes me too have you several (laughs) yes oh (laughs) yeah several wow Wow. i can hear them talking back to me weird 
Yeah, so let's get into this. How long have earthquakes been around? Is that what you were asking? I was I was thinking it. Okay. I was wondering it in my head. Well, it's let me tell weird. you. It's weird that you knew what I was thinking. Dang. Okay, yeah, we're pretty good here. Let's see. The earliest recorded evidence of an earthquake was... Egypt? Nope. Oh. I actually was Googling that. I was like, I really hope it's <laughs> Egypt because that's what you, you like hope everything is based in Egypt because it just mm-hmm. seems so much more interesting because you want to see the hieroglyphics yes. drawn out. Like, what does that look Ooh, yeah. like? But I couldn't find any. But I, you're so funny because I knew you wanted it. Thank you I for trying find it. to help me. You're welcome. <laughs> so it actually traces back to 1831 BC. Way mm. long ago. Wow, wow, wow. In the Shandong province of China. I thought you were going to just say 1834, like normal. Nope. And or that what, was is, what is it? 1831. Oh, 31. She's not paying attention. I hope you are. <laughs> uh, and there's also a fairly complete record that starts in 780 BC during the Zhao dynasty in China. Hmm. And um, the earliest seismoscope was actually invented in 132 AD. So I'm kind of going chronological here mm-hmm. if you haven't realized it. I didn't. So, everybody else, the earliest seismoscope was invented all the way back in 132 AD by Chong Heng, and it was recognized as early as 350 BC. Oh, I skipped some. Oh, come on, man. Oops. (laughs) How dare you? In 350 BC, you can insert that where that belongs in the timeline. I'm going to keep it. Aristotle, the Greek scientist noticed that soft ground shakes more than hard rock during an earthquake. I was wondering where the Greeks would come into this. Mm -hmm, I feel like they'd have something to do. The first pendulum seismoscope Mm. to measure the shaking of of the ground ground. of an earthquake on the ground uh, was didn't developed until 1751. So that's a pretty large gap. I think there was some stuff that happened in between there, but this is where I chose to keep going. Interesting. That's um, surprising. Yeah. Because didn't you say there was another thing that was invented BC-wise? Yeah, but that was just evidence of an earthquake. Oh. Earliest seismoscope, so a style of seismoscope, but that isn't the pendulum seismoscope. So Got actually it. the picture of the one that was invented in 132 AD by Chong it kind of looks like a vase with little things hanging around it. So oh, it wasn't, it's not what I see, was I see. then later became a more modern version. Got it. It was an ancient version, they which were like, he was way ahead of his time. They were like, hey, that thing's shaking. Pretty much. Or moving. It must be an earthquake. Something like that. Cool. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> the picture is cool. Post mm-hmm. picture of it. Let's see here. Uh, the first pendulum seismoscopes, that's what I just said, mm-hmm. which is the more modern type, okay, was um, invented in 1751. And it wasn't until 1760 that British engineer John Mitchell first uh, stated correctly the cause of earthquakes. Oh. He's known as one of the first fathers of seismology, by the way. Interesting. So in his memoir, he wrote that earthquake and the waves of energy that they make are caused oh. by, quote, shifting masses of rock miles below the surface. And it wasn't until 1855 that the faults themselves, kind of foreshadowing here to the science part of this podcast, wink, that the wink. faults are recognized as the source of the earthquakes. That's really interesting. Thank you. That he, the first guy, so he also knew it was waves of energy, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Smart guy. Yeah. 
And let's see, how were these first described? Probably, um, ooh, can I say it's probably like, um, like the gods being angry? Yeah, so that's in there. Yes. So in Greek mythology, Poseidon is the god of the sea and is usually depicted carrying a trident or a fish spear. One of his nicknames is actually Earthshaker. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, no, Earthshaker. Oh, so with his trident, I, didn't know that. I know, right? He with his trident, he could strike the ground, causing the earthquakes. Oh, so that's one way. Hmm. Uh, another way. So the um, Native Americans in the Pacific Northwest have traditional stories of speaking about the shaking and flooding from the sea, which is referred to as a struggle between a large bird called the Thunderbird. And a whale. Oh. I mean, they would know more than anyone. Mm-hmm. Because there's lots of earthquakes. Yes. Yes. Uh, in Japan, earthquakes were thought to be caused by, this is my favorite, a monster catfish called oh, wow. Namazu. Oh, I think I saw that. That I lived. Didn't, I didn't read it. That lived under Japan. Well, I'm good, glad you didn't because I can tell you about it. So one. Yeah. Just a, monst- a monster catfish. Dang. And... Uh, there's a picture of it, and um, it shows the people punishing the catfish for oh, causing, no. causing a large earthquake in 1855. They just need to get him out from underneath. He's just trying to go eat. Yeah, come on. Get him out of there. Come just on. push him out of the underneath of Japan, and he's yes. fine. There's so much ocean for him Yeah. to survive. I mean, a monster catfish. I would like to see what that is. I mean, so... I just picture a catfish the entire size of Japan. That's large. Just right underneath it. He's like flopping. And flop, almost kind of like stuck. Or he's just shimmying like, come on, guys, help. Help yeah. me out here. And then that's what's the earthquake. But only sometimes, not all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. In contrast, the early Greek philosophers developed a theory that earthquakes were caused by movements of gases trying to escape from underground. Is that the caves one? That's all I wrote. So oh, okay. maybe I thought I saw one. Is I don't. It might have been. I think it was something that, like that. And they thought it was like gases from caves coming out yeah. from the ground or something trapped. And so mm-hmm. it's like the releasing of the heat that's shifting. Which things. isn't. That's not that's a, a good guess. Yeah. It's kind of close. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past a Greek <laughs> philosopher. Thought I mean, about it. If they were telling me back then, I'd be like, for sure, you mm-hmm. are right. Would you believe a giant uh, monster catfish was underneath you? If my mom told me, then yes. True. Always. If, if my parents told me, I'd be like, uh, yeah, Listen that's to real. your mothers, everyone. Yeah. Listen, listen to your mothers. And your father. And your father. I'm not good, as good as Katie at that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so let's see. How often does it happen? That's Are a you hard wondering? question. Mm-hmm. Get this. It is estimated... Well, let's take a guess first. How many earthquakes do you think are detectable in the world each year? Ooh, okay. Just detectable. Don't go crazy. In the entire world? Mm-hmm. In one year? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Don't go nutty. Like in the thousands? Try 500,000. Ooh. Guess how many of those can be felt? Uh, like half of them? 100,000. So um. don't be... That's a little bit much, but... <laughs> A fifth. So there's quite a difference between yeah. Like, so they're happening and feeling. You're correct. Wow. So that there there are a lot that are happening. I mean, Five hundred thousand is that's a lot. A lot. 
And that's obviously on average. That's not. there's only 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. So that's on average. And 100,000 of those can be felt. And 100 of them can cause damage. I mean. But you have to think. Better. Yeah, that's better for sure. Considering those stats are pretty good. However, depending on where the earthquake strikes. Those 100 are usually pretty bad. Yes. So the 10 cities where it can most likely happen in the world. Oh, so they have narrowed it down to cities. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Well, bigger locations slash areas. But yeah, they have it as cities. Can I guess? Uh, sure. <laughs> this whole episode is just, yeah, just me guessing. Katie's guessing game. Katie being annoying and guessing. Okay, go. San Francisco. Yes. Los Angeles. Yes. Um, Wait, where are those places, Katie? In California, I'll edit yeah. that to make it sound. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, you got two out of ten. Wellington, New Zealand. No. Ooh, dang it. <laughs> uh, Christchurch. Is there any New Zealand ones? No. Hmm. Uh, Tokyo. Yes. Um, somewhere in China, because apparent there's a lot of the Chinese. In your ancient history. It is not. Really? Mm-mm. They were just smart? Well, or this place where I got the information from, which is the Earth website, <laughs> is incorrect. I'm just going to tell you. What if, it was, what if that website was about, like, flat Earth? Oh, no. Flat then Earthers. I guess this whole thing would be messed up. They probably wouldn't believe in earthquakes, though. True. So, they are Tokyo, Japan, Jakarta, Indonesia, hmm. Manila, Philippines. Oh, Los Angeles, California, as you said. Quito, Ecuador. Osaka, Japan. San Francisco, California. Lima, Peru. Tehran, Iran. And Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul, Constantinople. <laughs> so, yeah. And a lot of these are due to their position near the faults, like the Ring of Fire. What? The Ring of Fire? That's a real thing? Or is it just a song? Oh, no. You don't have anything about the Ring of Fire? No. That's like the biggest fault. I don't know. This is all your fault. <laughs> for real, for real? No. Okay, we should probably talk oh, about okay. that. Do you have how many faults there are in the world? No. Okay, well, that's kind of... I think it's kind of important. Anywho. <laughs> Kylie's <and> critiquing <laughs> my research. I'm sorry. I Well, I guess it's just only because you're not aligning with mine. Oh, no. It's Okay. So the most likely places in America, if you're American and listening to this, they actually have it like drawn out like on maps and such that show you where the most likely regions are. So you don't live there. Right. But is that the Ring of Fire? Nope. The oh. Ring of Fire is actually, I believe, uh, west of the United States, like west of North America, basically between there and like Japan. Oh, okay. The ocean. I think it's in there. I'll look it up. Cool, 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 cool. So in America, the most prone place to earthquakes is... California. Alaska. Oh. Get this. That's why they're not... They're so far removed. Yeah, because they've been pushed up for so many earthquakes. (laughs) We're like, oh, you good up there. (laughs) That was really Minnesotan of you. She said. Anyways. Uh, Sorry. That's gross. Earthquake. Uh, they experience a 7.0, I guess is what I'm going to say, 
magnitude on the Richter scale earthquake almost every no. single year. No. Yeah. Yes. Dang. Yes. But they mostly happen in uninhabited areas. Alaska is the biggest state in the United States. Bigger than Texas? They say that if you were to cut Alaska in half, Texas would be the third largest state. Ooh. So don't take that, Texas. How that's what my dad told me growing up, so I hope it's true. I feel but like that's a lot of just angry a, Texans writing into us. Slam to Texas. Anyways, we don't want to dwell on that. California is next. The, the Pacific Northwest. I don't know if these are necessarily in order. They're just kind of. The Alaska is number one though. Um, California, the Pacific Northwest, New Madrid, Missouri, because there's a main fault right there. It's like a. <laughs> it's a location. I think it's like Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky. I hope my geography is right. I'm picturing it on the map. Kind of grouped together in the Midwest. Tennessee is um, like the south. Sorry, south. Well, I, my, I, know, I don't really know the borders of what is considered mid and not mid. Uh, Anywho, I guess it depends. I call Pennsylvania the east coast, but apparently they don't consider it's it. New, was it New England? No. I think they just uh, want to be more Midwest. Mm. All right. Salt Lake City, Utah, and... Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two least likely places in the U.S. Where so for everyone... anyone who is scared, <laughs> the least likely places are the weirdest state in the world. Florida. Yes. Oh, really? You got it. And North Dakota. That's not a diss on Florida. I love Florida. Florida's the most interesting state in the U.S. for sure. And North Dakota have cool. the smallest number of earthquakes in the U.S. Or is it just because no one's there to record them? Uh, there's a lot of people <laughs> it, no, in, in Florida. North Dakota. It's the thing of if an earthquake happens, but no one's there to record it. Does it happen? Was there really an earthquake? Now people in North Dakota are going to stop listening. <laughs> Come that back. That was Katie who said that, by the way. It's okay. We've, we've, <laughs> we've established the hate. Oh, no, that was going to, that's not going to be at the. We're establishing We're establishing that I'm. Katie. Everyone can hate me. It's fine. Everyone, it's like everyone hates Chris, but everyone hates Katie. Mm-hmm. No, she's the nice one. Uh, what are the biggest ones that have ever happened? Ugh. So the largest earthquake ever recorded was in 1960 Ooh, in Chile. Mm-hmm. It was a 9.5 on the Richter scale. That is wild. Approximately 1,600 people were killed. Thousands more were injured and millions were left homeless. Southern Chile suffered $550 million, that's U.S. dollars estimated, in damage. And it ended up triggering a tsunami that killed 61 people in Hawaii, 138 in Japan, and 32 people in the Philippines. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not making this up. A (laughs) 9.5 Well, it only goes to 10. I know. I, I wonder how that was established. Like, that's insane. To think we got that close to maxing out was Ooh, what is it? Was ten like the Earth cracking like an egg? Yeah, and then we just all get swallowed up. Yeah, into the lava. The earthquake ruptured where the Nazca plate dives underneath the South American plate on the Peru-Chile trench. So, if you're wondering where that trench is, it's 100 miles off the coast, over 24,000 feet deep, 3,666—you heard right—miles long and about. 40 miles wide. What? That's big. When the... I thought that was interesting. That's just the trench. (laughs) The USGS (laughs) says that that fault is almost a thousand miles long. 
Um, yeah, I was just telling you the trench. Wait. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was just a side note about the trench. Okay, got it. I like trenches. They remind me of Finding Nemo. When the... <laughs> when the Chilean earthquake occurred in 1960, seismographs recorded seismic waves that traveled around the entire Earth. Isn't that wild? Whoa. And they didn't do it just for one day. It was many days. And this phenomenon is called the free oscillation of Earth. What? Mm-hmm. So the Earth is just freely oscillating. That's what it would imply by Holy free oscillation. moly. And that's the biggest one ever recorded, so we haven't seen it since then. But that wasn't that long ago. 1960? Yeah, I remember. In Chile. <laughs> just kidding uh, i like totally i totally accepted that like oh yeah she does remember that because i'm old so that was the largest now the deadliest earthquake oh. ever recorded now this is talking that's about not the pe- deadliest because it has to do with people number of people died oh wow the deadliest earthquake ever recorded was in 1556 in central china it struck it struck a region where a lot of people lived in caves that were carved from sharp uh soft rock excuse me the dwellings collapsed during the earthquake, which killed about 830,000 people. Wait, what? Yes. 830,000 people died. Oh. That was in 1556. So obviously structures weren't totally developed. They were in the caves. This was a long time ago. In 1976, another deadly earthquake uh, struck in Tangshan, China, where more than 250,000 people were killed. Are you... S- Holy... Jeez. Yeah, please. so... It's not... Ju- it's not... I feel like it's not what you think today because so many laws... I'm sure you're going to go into this. Like, so many laws are in place now for structures and buildings. Okay, what I'm... I guess what I'm saying is I feel like because of all the earthquakes that have been experienced over the, you know, thousands of years, buildings are now better equipped to handle these things and that's why they're less... They're considered less deadly. Wow. Compared to, you know, a very um, dense populated area. Mm-hmm. Everyone being killed at once. Just bad place, bad time. So, uh, on average, per year, now this is present day. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Present day, earthquakes kill about 20,000 people. Isn't that, I feel like we don't know that. That's I'm not like making so these numbers many up. People. Yeah. I mean, I have the sources. You can double check them, but... I will be. Yeah. And the Wait, thing that is... that was a year? Mm-hmm. Now, you have to remember these... And I'll, I'll go into this, but I'm just going to allude to it now. It's not just the shaking. It's the after effects of what it comes mm. from the shaking. Wow. Okay. So, uh, the thing is, is that where earthquakes have happened in the past, they're more likely to happen again in those locations. Mm-hmm. Um. And the U.S. itself experiences several thousands of earthquakes per year, all of varying magnitudes. I think a common misconception is that people outside of the West Coast, mm-hmm. which is all of the rest of America, <laughs> think that they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they're they unaffected, they're immune mm-hmm. to earthquakes, Mm-mm. but they're not. All 50 states and all U.S. territories are vulnerable to earthquakes. Mm -hmm. So California does experience the most frequent damaging ones, unfortunately. 
And while, like I mentioned earlier, Alaska experiences the largest number, the largest number of earthquakes, um, sorry, the greatest, that was weird wording, the most amount of large earthquakes. So they have like the most of everything and then the biggest state. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, the most of those happen in uninhabited areas. I wonder if that's on purpose. You know, like just how it's. No, what does that mean? <laughs> no, I meant like how it's remained mostly uninhabited. I think it's, it's. I think the cold is the first thing. Okay, and then the earthquakes maybe. But we have a friend. Remember, remember our friend had a has a brother oh, yeah, in yeah. the military up there, mm-hmm. and he, they, there was like a giant earthquake, and yeah. luckily had just left right before. So that's what I'm saying. It's on the news. Like it happened, but mm-hmm. we just move on from it because yeah. nothing really. I mean, there wasn't like major, major earth shattering <laughs> pun intended damage you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i feel like it doesn't get talked about as much generally speak we speaking <laughs> uh, earthquakes occur most frequently west of the rocky mountains as you mentioned like mostly on the west coast but big but hey. the most violent earthquakes have occurred in the central united states hmm. so this is the one that um I kind of alluded to earlier, keep saying alluded, that's my favorite word today, was the New Madrid Fault in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So that's a main fault in the United States. Like there's, like California has San Andreas. Central United States is mid, I don't know what the divide line is. I should know my geography better. Uh, is a New Madrid Fault. And there were a series of earthquakes over the span of three months from 1811 to 1812, just over and over and over again that's weird and three of those earthquakes were larger than an 8.0 magnitude on the richter scale huge so big that they could be felt all over the eastern united states over two million square miles and it just kept happening yeah for three months but three of those were the big ones that you could that's feel so for millions weird. of miles so the ground was shaking the strongest in Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Holy. Yeah. That's so weird. Right? Huh. And like we mentioned before, and this is part that's kind of scary, and like we have the San Andreas Fault, where earthquakes have happened once, they're more likely to happen again. So that was, you know, Did 200 years ago. figure out Over. why it was... Because that's usually not how earthquakes are. I mean, it was 1811. I know Katie looks very perturbed. So, oh, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. So for, just for comparison, the Northridge earthquake that rocked California in 1994 was a magnitude of 6.2. Wow. And that one did a lot of damage Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It's estimated that a major earthquake in a highly populated area of the U.S. could cause as much as $200 billion in losses, mm. which is quite a bit. Yeah, so I mentioned that Northridge earthquake, January mm-hmm. 17th, 1994. Mm-hmm. I was in a hospital during that time, by the way. My parents were freaking out because buildings were crashing and there was like a bridge that um, I think it was like the Golden State Freeway, actually, like the five was like mm-hmm. an overpass buckled and snapped at one point um there were hospitals and buildings and car crashes and all sorts of just major damage the death toll was 57 Mm. more than 8,700 people were injured wow 1,600 required hospitalization and that's only a six point something that's a 6.2 
in mm-hmm. Northridge. That's like wow. uh, Northridge is a little bit northwest of downtown LA, which is Los Angeles in California. And the property damage was estimated uh, to be as high as $50 billion. Whoa. Yeah. A lot of money. Crazy, right? This is like a lot. I know there's kind of a lot of stats mm-hmm. to take in. I'm just kind of like throwing them, at, throwing them at you. But I feel like we kind of brush off earthquakes because as kids, mm-hmm. like we are used to them mm-hmm. more than maybe most people in California. Mm-hmm. But they really can do such insane damage. Yeah. I mean, like that movie San Andreas. <laughs> pretty intense i guess what i never saw it either yay i was (laughs) i was waiting for it i know you look so concerned like not again another movie but no i actually haven't seen it either but i get the premise that is that the the one with the rock i think so (laughs) that's pretty the rock is shaken with the rock (laughs) good times scientists have maps that show like where the greatest seismic risk is so seismic risk is based on three factors the level of the seismic hazard, which I'm guessing is about the um, like the risk and exposure to the actual earthquake itself. The number of people number two is the number of people and the amount of property that are exposed to the seismic hazards. And number three is how vulnerable these people are and the property are to the hazards. So it's basically saying like the most dangerous places to live. Mm-hmm. So those were kind of the the cities I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the states in California. Sorry. The, sta- <laughs> der, der. the states Jeez. in America. Okay. When I mentioned Missouri and California and Hawaii and Alaska. Um, but not Texas. But not Texas. They got other stuff. But maybe not as many earthquakes. But you know, there are a lot of places. There's a lot of earthquakes all over the place. Mm-hmm. You can actually find out uh, when the last earthquake was pretty easily. Um, I'm sure, yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah. You can just Google, like, you, when was the last earthquake? And it tells you, you know, yeah, a two point something, just, like, yeah, you five just, minutes like, ago. Yeah, you just, like, was there an earthquake today? Or the anything you feel, then you just go on to usgs.gov, and it will tell you all of, it has a map. Ooh. You can do of the world or just the U.S., and then they have the little red dots. Ooh, and those mean earthquake. Where the Starbucks are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And earthquakes. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same. It's well. That's what USGS <laughs> means. United States. No. Well, United States governing Starbucks. Yes. Got it. Um, United States gonna shake. That's what that stands for. Ooh. What? What's wrong with that? <laughs> I think you should pitch that to them. Oh, I thought you were saying ooh like bad idea because well, no, I just concerned. meant like bad like ooh like kind of well, scary. Yeah, but there it is shaking. Speaking of shaken, part of that risk is the seismic risk. There's a quote uh, from the coordinator of the GEM, which I think is an organization that talks about seismic stuff. Mm. It's probably like geological, geographical, environmental. No, move. I don't know. Can you Google it for me? What? Global earthquake model. Thanks, Katie. You're welcome. So Victor's. Oh, I wrote Victor. But I think weird. it might be Victor Silva uh, says that when we're talking about seismic risk, quote, we're not just talking about shaking. We're talking about human losses and the collapse of buildings. So that's what those three main factors are, talk- are trying to explain is it's not just the earth moving. It's the damage that gets caused overall 
to the people getting injured, the buildings collapsing, and the overall effect on the, like, the, you know, livelihood of the people. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the damage from earthquakes isn't just falling of buildings, or even, like, what we're talking about right now. The results of the quake could also cause mudslides, avalanches, tsunamis, and fires. Okay, so, so we talk about deaths looped in. Yes. Got it. So those are all the direct result of earth I mean, mind you, so not like sorry, not all avalanches, not all fires, yada yada. They're those all are not caused all by ca- earthquakes. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not all caused by earthquakes, but the ones like earthquakes can cause those things. So And they do. And they do. And those people wouldn't have, you know, been victims of those then cascading effects had the earthquake not happened yeah which is why they get looped in earthquakes jeez anywho (laughs) do you sorry on a on a better note let's go to do you want to talk about the science of it no no all right (laughs) guess we're done bye (laughs) hey we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support if you are enjoying the podcast and want to support us give us a five-star rating on apple podcast leave a review and subscribe to our podcast Every rating and review helps us grow our podcast and grow our community. Thanks again. Hey friend, we want you to be part of our podcast. Share a story, topic idea, or a question you'd like us to answer and we'll feature you on the podcast. Send it to us at you're not paranoid at gmail.com or over on Instagram at you're not paranoid and we'll share it on the show. Want to hear your own voice on the episode? Now you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash YNP. Our pod is your pod. Now back to the good stuff. <laughs> what so, if I was just like, I don't want to have a temper tantrum. Do you want to? I don't want to do it. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> earthquakes. Uh. Uh, earthquakes. Uh. Yeah. Anyways. So what Science. are they? <laughs> what are they? What's an earthquake besides the quaking of the earth? We'll get into a little background of the background. Perf. And also, I thought this was very insulting. because <laughs> Okay, I got most of my stuff from usgs.gov. Great. As I just mentioned. A lot of this was under the kids section for learning. And then I wrote, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Based on your tantrum, I think they're not that far off. <laughs> wow. Mute her mic. <laughs> Um, i just remember this being my least favorite kind of science the the earth like earth learning the different layers and the you had to memorize all the different types of rocks and stuff i don't know if you had to do that yeah i did i just remember i like it reminds me of austin powers when he's like liquid magma i like that part cool i'll be like yeah i remember that part it's funny (laughs) so the earth has four major layers Mm. inner core Mm outer core mm. mantle mm-hmm. crust mm. that's all you need to know for that part because mm. we could be like sedimentary rock and <laughs> all that <laughs> fun stuff so since this was the kids section and what i think i liked about it was their little analogies and i'm gonna use them so <laughs> they were saying that the crust and the very top of the mantle are like a thin skin That goes across the earth. Like an orange peel. Yes. But the skin is not all one piece. So it's made up of many little like puzzle kind of pieces covering the earth. Hmm. 
So, you know, just like skin. Um, <laughs> so these pieces of the earth are called the tectonic plates, oh. as you were mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. So these plates are not stationary and they slowly, slowly move around and they can slide and move past each other and then they sometimes bump into each other. Like bumper cars. It's kind of like very, very slow moving bumper cars. Mm. That might be a better analogy than skin. Yeah. It was like it was like it's like skin but also puzzle pieces. I was Ew, like, you need that to sounds- pick- like Hannibal Lecter wrote this. You need to pick your analogy. Oh, no, not Hannibal Lecter. Um, who am I thinking of? The guy that the skin... It puts the lotion on its skin. Buffalo Bill. Pulled that one out. What? You know. Buffalo You've seen Bill? Silence of the Lambs? No. Honey, I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask this anymore. This is the episode where we, we break, break up. up. <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be called the breakup episode. <laughs> That's sad. Buffalo Bill. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to stop making references. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can only make non-movie references with me, which you probably don't have any because <laughs> movies are... Because I'm boring and no, movies movi- are my life. Movies are kind of your thing. It's true. Anyway, so the pieces of the earth that are pieces moving around, but very slowly, like bumper cars. Got it? Got cool. it. We get Uh-oh. same page. <laughs> so the edges of the plates are the plate boundaries. Okay. And those are made up of very many faults. And so that's where the earthquakes happen. Are At the, the boundaries. The faults within the boundaries. Ooh, I didn't realize So that. it's kind of like ed- I pictured as being like jagged edges of the plates. And so what happens is since they're always moving... Sometimes those jagged edges will get caught on one another as they're moving past Mm. each other, causing some friction. And so they'll kind of be held up there for like a long time or however long. And then they finally can slip past each other. Hmm. And then that releases all of the energy. And then that's how that's what we feel as an earthquake. Catfish gets out. Mm -hmm. He's just slowly wiggles his way out. He's wiggling those plates for enough space for him to get through. He just wants a whisker to get some fresh air. Yeah. Because, you know, Can't fish push. breathe through the air. Through their whiskers. <laughs> so that is the basic science science behind how the earthquakes happen. Tectonics. Tectonic plates. We should make a genre of music called tectonica and... It shall be the sounds of the plates moving. Like electronica, but tectonica. Really weird noises. Like, oh, is that just my stomach? (laughs) We'll never know. Uh, We can cut this if this is too boring. But (laughs) what I thought was was fun was how (laughs) how they measure earthquakes. So this is, I think, also in the kids section because they had a fun uh, analogy. Great. I didn't know this. There's two different types of waves of earthquakes, S and P waves. Mm. Does that remind you of anything, science person, biology person? Ooh, is this about the same things with the electrons moving up the orbitals? <laughs> no, but that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh my gosh. You're helping me. 
S and P orbitals, but I was like, oh, it's not really. Is that what you were asking? Mm-hmm. Did I answer you correctly? Yes. Okay, cool. I thought you were like, yeah, but no. No, I meant yes, you're right, but no, that they don't. It's not the not same. The same. Okay. But anyway, That's fine. nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. So the P waves are faster than the S waves. Like P goes out faster than the, the S. If that's how, if we were memorizing, mnemonics. if we were going to have to take a test, and that would be a good way to memorize it. I like mnemonics. Me too. So they use the fact, and I'm assuming that S and P waves are, they're different, right? Because you can, mm-hmm. and so since one travels faster than the other, that's how they measure earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And so the USGS uses a lightning and thunder analogy. Thunder. Thunder. So since light travels faster than sound, oh, you see it first, and then you hear the thunder. So you the see pee. the lightning, yeah. So in terms of like measuring, you if you see the lightning, then you're supposed to count, and then the longer it takes for the for you to hear the thunder, the farther away the storm is. Right. They kind of use the same type of principle for earthquakes. Cool. So the P wave is the lightning and the S waves are the thunder. So the P waves are what shakes the ground where you are first. Okay. Initially. So then the S wave follows and shakes the ground also. So if you're close to the earthquake, the P and S waves will happen basically right right after one another. You might not be able to tell the difference. But if you're farther away, it'll feel like two different sets of waves. Is that what we call, like, the aftershock? No, I think... You know how some people will describe, like, oh, well, I felt more of, like, a, a violent shaking. Oh. And some people are like, oh, well, I kind of felt more, like, wavy, rolly. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference, difference in terms of feeling it. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of cool. I guess on the seismographs, there's going to be that delay mm-hmm. that you can distinguish, um, that scientists that do that. But they can't tell the direction the earthquake is from the seismograph. So what they do is they draw a circle on the map around the station where the radius of the circle is determined, is the determined distance to the earthquake. So they know that it's somewhere within that circle. No, I lost you already. I'm like keeping up. I'm, I'm, I'm here. This is the kids' version? Yeah. Dang. I don't know if it transitioned out of the kids' section <laughs> at this point. Feels like it did a little bit, but... All right. No, I got it, though. All right, so... Just push through it. I think I got it. Okay. So, they know... If the seismograph is picking up the waves, then it has to have happened within a certain radius... Right. ...of that seismograph. I don't know how they determine that. Okay. But they somehow do. And so, they can draw a circle. So, but where... So they triangulate the earthquake's epicenter by finding three other seismographs in that location. And then if you draw a circle on a map around the three different seismographs, the radius of each is the distance from that station to the earthquake. And so where those lines intersect is the epicenter of the earthquake weird that's cool yeah it's a lot of 
different kinds of science that I think we're not very familiar no. with. <laughs> but, it sounds but it's really cool. cool. It's funny as you're saying this, as you're like, as a kid, I wasn't very interested in this, but I'm like seeing baby Katie come through right now. <laughs> She's like, I'm here. I care now. <laughs> I yeah. like it. I just thought it was kind of crazy because when you look at those, um, the maps to find out if there's an earthquake, it just seems like they have the science that can just pinpoint it but i guess they kind of have to do some mm-hmm. investigating investigate which i thought that was kind of cool that's super cool because i know i i think i read somewhere that they have a ton of seismographs like and that's everywhere why. right so they have to be able to determine so it's not quite as advanced as we would not a not 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 advanced yeah but it is more geometry yeah and that's why we can't like predict that. them yeah. yeah like where they're gonna happen exactly and, and when and why mm-hmm. um also the ring of fire oh yes the ring of fire the ring of fire remember in finding nemo bringing it back he's like the ring of fire what part is that i have oh, seen man. it okay what no you're lying i have seen it oh i thought you said you haven't no, i was I've about s- to lose my mind i've seen both finding dory and finding good nemo. i think it's remember in the fish tank in the the dentist's office oh yeah and yeah, that, yeah, yeah that the puffer fish who's kind of big is like and now you will enter the ring of fire. And he like. And the little like, bubbles or something. Yeah. And the shrimp man yeah. is like all like violent. And <laughs> like. Ooh, ooh, ha, ha, ooh, ooh, ha, ha, or something like that. Yes. How did it again? I think that's it. Sure. You get it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got really into that for a minute. So. The ring of fire is a major area in the basin of the Pacific Ocean where many earthquakes and volcanic eruptions occur. Uh, it is associated with nearly continuous series of oceanic trenches, volcanic arcs, and volcanic belts, and plate movements. Are they cute belts? No. Okay. It has 452 volcanoes, and it's some call- sometimes called the Circum... The Circum... Pacific Belt? I don't know why it has a hyphen like that. Maybe because it's a circle? But it's it's... Okay, yeah, sure. Cool. So about 90% of the world's earthquakes and 81% of the world's largest earthquakes occur along the Ring of Fire. I think that's why it's called the Ring of Fire, because it's so deadly. And also it makes sense because the west coast of America is also always on fire. That's true. Literally. As of lately, especially. Yeah, so it, it looks like a, I wouldn't call it a ring. I would call it like a horseshoe. Yeah, it's not quite enclosed. It's very, very big. It's basically, basically everywhere. <laughs> no, because can you describe the coast it goes along? Yes. <laughs> I mean, please. So it goes basically all along the western coast of South, Central, and North America. Just all the Americas, the west coast. Right. All, all of, of the continents. It goes up. I guess that's Canada's. So if west you're looking coast. at the Earth flat. Yeah, because it is. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so then it curves through Canada and Alaska, keeps right on going to, I think it's Russia. Um, that sounds right. And then it comes down, or is it China? I don't know. Ooh. I think Russia. No, no, no. Well, no, 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 no. It's I'm gonna delete that. It's China because Japan's right there. Okay. So, and then it comes down, all of Japan's covered. Philippines, Mm -hmm. Indonesia, maybe. 
Probably. I mean, these are all those places that I mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of skips Australia. Kind of. That's nice. And then, but there's parts out in the water, and then it kind of comes. It skirts. Skirt, uh, skirt. It skirts, 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 or, yeah. <laughs> what's the other A word? Australia. And then kind of comes back down, and then New Zealand's completely covered by it, too. Yeah. They're like, Australia's already deadly enough. We don't need to add this. We don't need to add earthquakes to it. For sure. For sure. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, that's why the, the place that I mentioned earlier, why I'm, like, they're all along the ring of fire. That's what I was talking about. Got it. So, there you go. And that's why it's so deadly. And that's your ring of fire. I fell in my ring of fire. Earthquake happened. What else, Katie? I think that was kind of it that I had for That's science. science. Apparently, it's not what you wanted me to cover. No, it is. <laughs> you did great. That was super interesting. There's way more on earthquakes than we could possibly cover in a yeah. podcast episode, just as a disclaimer. So if you're very interested about this stuff, go read a book. Go read, a bu- go read about it. Ask I mean, your mother. Start with our sources, but there's so many more things to learn about it. So much more. We're just... The skimming the surface researchers. Did you want to mm, talk about safety? Um, I have fun facts. Well, they're not fun, but. <laughs> I mean, like things to do that are safe. Yeah, slash... I have that if you want me to do that, but I'll do my little facts. Okay. <laughs> do whatever you think is best. Right. I have the myth. I was thinking the myths would be fun at the end. Okay, then I'll keep my facts to myself. Okay. Till the end. If you're okay with that. All right. So what to do in an earthquake, everyone. There are still conflicting... I was surprised. There's still conflicting reports in terms of where to be. And I think you'll like know... Like during an earthquake? Yeah, because I feel like... Can we say that? Where we, I think everyone knows that where we live now. <laughs> well, we're in California. We're in California. So I think as people who live somewhere where there's always... In the ring of fire. Yes. Um, you hear a lot of different types of... Like what you should do in an earthquake. Yeah, it's part of like what you learn as a child that earthquakes you have earthquake are normal, drills. Like what to do. Yeah, literally. back in my day, yeah, I remember that. You drop down, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, uh huh. I don't know why I just totally You're accepted that. You're not paying that. attention. Sorry, she tested me. I failed. <laughs> so you should get down low. Don't know why. Um, to avoid falling, probably. Yeah, but I mean, no. Okay. Anyway, so you do drop down. You're supposed to take cover under a desk or a table, and you hold on. Like a bigger structure than... Something sturdy. That's a... Yeah. Yeah. So what is kind of the controversy of where to be is the door frame. I knew it. See, and I I knew you would. Because <laughs> that is the, that is a question. It's like... Yeah, yeah. It's that thing of, like, should I go under a desk that will protect me from things falling on me mm-hmm. or stand in a doorway, which, just looking at it, doesn't look that sturdy. Yes. But at least so, you're on your way out. Yes. Well, but you're not supposed to move until it stops shaking. So that you don't trip. But my immediate thing would be to get the heck out of a building. But you're not supposed to. Yeah. Disclaimer. But so I was reading one article where it was saying like what you should do and it said to to either, you know, go under a desk or something or be in a door frame. But then the USGS, they're kind of sassy and they were like, 
the door frame is no more uh, sturdy than the rest of the build like building. So good luck with that. So do it if you want, but disclaimer: you're gonna <laughs> die. Yeah, sounds so like, like that's what they're saying. I was like, okay, so I deleted that out of my what to do in an earthquake. Got it. Some more obvious ones: stay away from wall furniture or bookcases or shelving that could fall on you. Mm-hmm. Even though people who live in earthquake prone areas should have all of that kind of stuff earthquake proofed yeah um i know a lot of people don't i don't think i do i don't have my my <laughs> my drawer my chest of drawers and the whatever the other thing is are not <laughs> earthquake proof an armoire or something like that sure you and your fancy my princess have, room it's so fancy it's princess but it's i used not to have a proof. i used to have a canopy bed Ooh, with like lace that's and the creepiest stuff. thing i've ever heard i was very cool when i was little yeah no and my walls bites. were pink mm-hmm. dang you really were a princess i was i mean still i is. still am um anyways so so stay away from windows also oh yeah the one weird thing that I am quite I'm gonna quit I'm gonna go out on a limb and question it so maybe go ask an expert because it says if you're in bed hold on and stay there protecting your head with a pillow I mean you probably are the most comfortable there but that is not dropping down and getting under a sturdy piece of furniture but what if you can't get under your bed because there's no under the bed Mine has an under the bed, so... Okay, well, you'll be safe in your princess room. <laughs> My <laughs> princess room. But the rest no, of us... No, but I think the solar panels will crush me. Bummer. <laughs> well, nice knowing you. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I th- when I've, we've experienced actual earthquakes. It's kind of mm-hmm. that thing of when it happens, I think the most important thing is just covering the back of your neck, right? Like, be... Yeah. Even if you're not under your bed or... I... I I would guess you want to be next to it so that if something does fall, fall yeah. it hits that first and exactly. maybe it like lays next to you. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Just I would like be to shorter than whatever is taller in the yeah. room. I would like to say for those who maybe have not experienced an earthquake and this is not what you should do, but what actually happens is you kind of freeze a little bit and you <laughs> wait and you're like, is it going to be over now? Is it going to be over now? And then the time you are debating whether or not to do anything, it's usually over. Yeah, it doesn't that, last very long. And that is an earthquake. Mm-hmm. The ones that get scary are when you ask that maybe three or four times and it's still happening. And then you're like, oh, bleep, I should probably do something now. Yeah. And then I don't think I've, oh, I don't think I've ever actually taken cover during an earthquake. There was one. <laughs> when I was going to school and there's actually it was a pretty bad one and we were um my f- family was visiting me and so we were out to dinner and we were at a booth and everything started shaking and it was that thing of where it kept going and I was just slowly <laughs> sliding underneath the table because no one else was doing anything that's it, weird everyone was just kind of like uh is it gonna where were Scott Mm-mm. oh uh, univer- okay, when you were here in university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Weird. I see. I was picturing like if you're in Scotland, I don't know how many t- earthquakes they experience, but I would guess no, like yeah, maybe they're more maybe a little and less like familiar. We were like next to the bar, and all of the like flat screens were like shaking, and that's probably one of the bigger ones I've been in. Yeah, and no one really did anything, and I was Ooh. like, I was to my, I think I was sitting next to my mom, and I was slowly sinking <laughs> under, and I was like, like, I think we should be going under now. <laughs> Like, let's go under the table. Princess Katie's like, I'm going to survive under here now. Yeah, Goodbye. you guys want to join me under the nasty table? Oh, and then man. as soon as I was, like, almost under it, with just, like, my head kind of sticking out, like, are we going to do this? Then it stopped. And then... <laughs> See, but then you just feel funny. I know, awkward. and then everyone acts like nothing happened. Because they act like you overreacted. Mm-hmm. But what if, what if it did come They're like, down? oh, you want any more water? I'm like... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just survived a traumatic experience. I was like, did no one else? Yeah, no one else cares, I guess. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so. I remember being a little kid and what happening, and we all just naturally ducked under the table. And you, you do. You hold on to the table so it doesn't, like, leave. <laughs> <laughs> what if the table's like, I'm out of here? Well, it's just, like, picture, like, a little kid table with the metal legs oh. and the flat. So I was like, oh, a circle, cool? like a flat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was in, like, second grade. Can I tell you my one mm-hmm. crazy one that I experienced? So the weirdest one I've ever experienced was with my mom. I think I might have told you this, mm-hmm. where I was driving on the freeway, mm-hmm. and I would never believe it looked like a movie. I would never believe this if someone told me, but I believe it because it happened to me. And we're driving. We're in the, I want to say we're either in the carpool lane or in the fast lane or something. And all of a sudden, just looking ahead, you see it's a sunny day, so everything's very clear. You can see visibility is great. You see the freeway roll perpendicular perpendicular to us full on like the pave the asphalt just fully rolls and all at once every single car shifts to the left and shifts back probably a good oh gosh four feet maybe more really yes dang and we're on the freeway so we're going at least 65 miles an hour yikes at least in california and yeah, so it was just a full-on shift over, shift back. And my mom and, and my mom was obviously driving. She just had no control. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And we both were like, what was that? Are you serious? We just saw the ground physically roll. I don't know. Wow. Sorry, I keep saying roll, but it's just <laughs> so bizarre. I think they yeah. have YouTube videos of it being captured too. Not that, obviously, my yeah. particular one. But in general, that that's really, it's it's a wave. Yeah, that's it's pretty wild. crazy. It's an S&P wave. Yeah. <laughs> anywho anyways so if you're in a car oh. here's what to do perfect segue slow down and drive to a clear place totally easy to do on the freeway yeah um stay in the car until the shaking stops also if you're outside try to find a clear area where there's no buildings or light poles or any of that stuff nothing gonna fall on you oh yeah here's here's the statement by the usgs about doorways and this is an exclamation point at the end. Uh-oh. So they're serious. <laughs> like, doorways are no stronger than any other part of a structure, so don't rely on them for protection. I read it in a little bit of a attitude way, but that's how I read it. Attitude-y. I like that. And then also have a safety plan in effect with whoever you live with, at work. And maybe like a distant relative. Et cetera. Like calling them if something happens. Mm-hmm. What I thought was interesting and that I did not know, which I was like, I should probably write this down. Um, make sure you have a radio that can access the NOAA broadcast. 
What's which that? is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Um, and then I found the link and we'll put it on the website of how to find what that channel is in your state. Um, I guess they give out information about wow. what's going on. Is that for, sorry, was that for all emergencies or just earthquakes? I would assume it's uh, ocean and atmospheric related. So maybe tornadoes and stuff too. Is that, maybe that's like the one where they, they're the ones that signal the like, oh, for tornadoes and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, something you might not think about, keeping closed toe shoes by your bed and a flashlight. Mm-hmm. I would say you might as well have your whole emergency kit mm-hmm. next to your bed. Yes. I would have one in your car next, like w- in your bed. This is in general, like. You should have at least Emergency one. plan. Yeah. Backpack. Because that would be, that would cover any sort of natural disaster. I was just going to say, <laughs> on Instagram, they have this, this is page called the Earthquake Bag. On I was kind of telling you about. Okay. And it's a little backpack that is made to be like not such a big bulky backpack. And I believe they stock things in there for you like rope, gloves, flashlight, first aid kit. I could be wrong. It could just be a backpack. <laughs> I'm going to open the link really quick. So as you were saying it, I was like, oh, no. I remember I was following them earlier and then I forgot mm-hmm. to mention it. Nice. Oh, yeah. So it's like they have a starter. They have different types of backpacks. So it's like a starter bag. Oh. The complete bag. So they have like all these different emergency supplies. What is this called again? It's called The Earthquake Bag by Redfora. Unofficial com. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but, but we want looks like a good idea. They ha- basically have everything customized to set up like hygiene, warmth, your communication. There's like a light panel. Just check out the website. I'll, we'll post it on the website. Yeah, it's like a cool. link of stuff we mentioned. But it's pretty, pretty interesting. And 1% of every order goes to disaster relief. Oh, nice. And uh, it ranges from like $40 for the starter pack. And goes all the way up to 204 for the uh, premier bag, which has like food and whatever, everything you can imagine. Nice. But it's pretty cool that people are taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to pack, you know, buy everything yourself, you can just buy one ready to go. I know. As I was doing this research, I was like, I really should have one. Like a go bag. Mm-hmm. Also, make sure if you have pets that you have an emergency bag or at least stuff for them also in your bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I kind of thought of on my own. Nice. Or I was just kind of thinking, <laughs> if it's such a bad, and this might not necessarily be earthquakes or just your in general emergency kit, if the internet happens to go out or your phone goes out, you might want to have maps. Yeah. You know, there used to be this thing <laughs> where <laughs> they would put Google Maps on paper. What? Yeah. So I would suggest maybe having that. That's a great idea, actually. Thank you. Not saying that your other ideas aren't, but yeah, I just I like was that trying one. to think of like what or just or not not just me but you should think when you're making your kits like what would happen if the internet went out yeah or even having phone numbers or emails written exactly down, yeah stuff like that that mm-hmm. you would normally depend on your phone to mm-hmm. have saved for you yeah can you imagine and money no phones? that's a big thing too yes, is having that was money on ready. here too make sure you got some cash yeah but then i was like if it's a true disaster you might just need a barter yeah, but at least so make sure you have your gold doubloons <laughs> with you as well. Your just nuggets, exactly. Um, so yeah, so those are the general things. I think mostly just not 
getting if you're in a building not leaving it till the earth stops shaking Mm -hmm. and try to get under something sturdy yeah and a big one too sorry that I forgot to mention when you were mentioning it my mom always told me this she's also this is a pop but my mom and dad made me like this sorry uh not putting your bed even though it might look really nice in your room don't put your headboard underneath a window oh Hopefully your room isn't set up like that. No. It's like next to it. But it looks really nice. It usually the window's centered in the room. It's beautiful. It's not your room. I'm just saying. Oh no, I'm sure I'm thinking. (laughs) You're shaking your head at me like, nope, it's not. I'm like, no, no, not your room. Like I could picture like in this room, like a bed would maybe look Mm -hmm. nice under the window or something. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. People do that. But it's not recommended because of the you know, an earthquake very easily shatter a window and then you're injured. Before even, you know, wake up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little something. Bummer. Like you said, don't put stuff on the wall above your head or mm-hmm. that you're, you know, easily going to be hurt. Yes. Are you place you're sitting commonly or sleeping? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's what to do during an earthquake. Ooh. There are some safety tips or safety precautions to hopefully keep yourself a little safer for when an earthquake happens. Okay. They are consulting a professional mm. to come to your home and tell you the things that need to be secured down or to a wall that seems like common sense but okay i mean i don't think any of my furniture is bolted to the wall i know but it's still you don't do you need a person to tell you what it's gonna well fall? i think i think they meant like the person who will then do it for you uh, okay I'm assuming that's also for bigger appliances and stuff yeah. like that. Ikea tells you to mount all your stuff. Did you mm-hmm. know that? It's mm-hmm. pretty good. They even give you the stuff for it. That's what I was going to say, like for smaller kinds of stuff. So whether you have a professional doing it or you buy I know that they make those like mm-hmm. wall mounting kits. Any sort of furniture that's against a wall that could, that's big enough to fall over mm-hmm. should be attached to the wall. Yeah. Same with picture frames and stuff. They make certain types of mounting material. That's supposed to be earthquake safe, um, and also, I I don't I'm I'm assuming it's for earthquake prone areas, but there's certain like building codes, and whatnot that your built the building should be safer. Yeah. To be in, where it like wiggles mm-hmm. versus being that sounded funny. Wiggles. But <laughs> wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Or the base it's like the foundation is able to Rolls. move mm-hmm. versus being what's the word like set in stone yeah because set in rigid. stone breaks and is more rigid versus mm-hmm. moving with the Just motion flowing mm-hmm. we're doing the the flow moves with our arms mm-hmm. then at least it won't crack yeah and so that, that's kind of it in terms of because there's not really anything else you can do yeah you just kind of have to hope you don't get hurt yeah have your emergency kit protected Make sure your stuff's bolted to the wall and have a plan. Yeah. In that show, 911 I watch, mm-hmm. they have an episode about like the next big earthquake mm-hmm. and it's so gnarly. I know. Everyone keeps talking about it. Real About the big earthquake or the about big, that episode? The big earthquake. Yeah. It can, I mean, we're due, so to speak, more than happened once. That's how the movies are out and they're, you know, all in the media, like that show. But that, that show is very interesting, and I really recommend it. So are you paranoid so for caring about earthquakes? Definitely not. Mm-mm. Are we ready for fun facts and myths? Yes. Okay. I think one of the biggest myths, and this is not the one that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. but the other one, is 
earthquake weather. Oh, yes. Can I? So the USGS was not happy I think we about got, that. I think we got these from the same place. But this is also funny because I asked my boyfriend if he mm-hmm. had any earthquake stories. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to tell you this and then I'm going to read the myth. Mm-hmm. He said that. I'm like, oh, do you have any earthquake stories? And he's like, not many good ones. However, I did predict one once. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? How? He said, I said it was earthquake weather one day around 3 p.m. One and a half hours later, we had an earthquake. I Ooh, predicted it. He should. Which is hilarious because and then my myth is, as far as we know, there is no such thing as earthquake weather. Statistically, two is an equal distribution of earthquakes in cold weather hot weather rainy weather etc if weather does not affect earthquake occurrence we do not yet understand how it works Mm -hmm. yeah i found the same thing and but they did say that very large low pressure changes associated with major storm systems like typhoons and hurricanes are known to trigger episodes of a fault slip Mm. which are slow earthquakes in air quotes in the earth's crust and could play a role in triggering a larger earthquake so my boyfriend did predict it however this is the (laughs) sassy part of usgs they're like kind of maybe and very like we'll give this to you very however the (laughs) numbers are small and not statistically significant so you're telling me there's a chance, is what they're saying. That's what they're saying. All right, that's cool. But I was like, that makes sense if it's all about pressure and friction of the plates. Yeah. And something big enough with like an opposing pressure mm-hmm. on something that was already under pressure under might be pressure. enough to kind of yeah release some of it. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know. What was that thing about pets? Um. A lot of people say that animals can predict the weather. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a 80% chance it's, it's already, already raining. raining. I says know that my, one. Says my cat. Um, animals can predict earthquakes. Got it. Yes. This one I feel like <laughs> might have a little bit more credence. Okay. Did you have anything on this one? Nope. I saved it for you. Oh, cool. Um, So apparently there's a lot of early references to this. Let's see. Unusual animal behavior has been noted prior to significant earthquakes as early as uh, 1373 BC in Greece. Ooh, Greece. So they say that rats, weasels, snakes, centipedes all leave their homes and head to safety several days before a very destructive earthquake. I don't know who wrote that down. It's probably a <laughs> Greek philosopher. Okay. Um, cool. And then they said basically there's just a lot of anecdotal evidence of people saying, like, my dog acted weird, and then there's an earthquake, that kind of stuff. Can I just say really quick, in a previous episode, we said antidote versus anecdote, and I was like, oh, no, that's not my thing. I think antidote is Antidote is... Antidote is for, like, venom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sounded so dumb. Antic. I was like, I'm kicking myself for this. An anecdote Antic. is a, like a, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a story, right? Mm-hmm. Or something that's relatable that then you can relate to yes. what you're talking about. But I'm not dumb. I just felt so silly looking back <laughs> and I heard that. I was like, dang it. Hey, go ahead. So, yeah. It's okay. It's, 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 uh, no, it's fine. 
But apparently it can be anywhere from weeks to seconds before an earthquake happens. Seconds isn't very useful. That's the, all I've seen. Okay. Because my dog, who is no longer with us, RIP, that was probably the second biggest earthquake I've ever felt. And he he went under the coffee table before it happened. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. Hmm. Like he knew. Like purposefully like. Hide, like duck and cover, like follow mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. He knew. He had a plan. Wow. Uh, so I thought that was weird. Listen I can believe the USGS. it. Yeah. They just say that there's not a lot of um, actually in terms of science. There's yeah, not, not scientific proof or evidence or tests to show that animals actually do have something. I feel like that they wanted to, they could test it. I mean, yes. But that would be a lot of waiting around. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's a funny story, because also the another myth is that people can predict the earthquakes, which is also not true. Yeah. So the USGS gave a nice little story about how both animals and uh, people can't predict earthquakes. In China, there was an earthquake forecast made by a person based on small earthquakes and unusual animal activity. That's another myth that a bunch of small earthquakes mean that a big one's coming. Oh, That's okay. not... True. That's not true. Not it doesn't mean it's not conclusive evidence that a big one is about to come. Mm-hmm. So someone said, "Oh, there's a bunch of small earthquakes happening, and the animals are acting really weird. There's going to be an earthquake." And so many people chose to sleep outside of their homes, and they were spared when the quote main earthquake really did happen and caused widespread destruction. So the USGS is kind of sassy. So they're like, oh, yeah, see, you know, a bunch of people were saved. However, usually no large earthquakes follow this type of seismic activity. And many earthquakes are preceded by no precursory events whatsoever. The next, and then this is where they're like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Like the next large Chinese event was entirely unheralded and scores of thousands of Chinese died. Wow. I was like, I think that's a little unnecessary. That was a bit intense. They're like, see? In your face. Yikes. Wow. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Jeez. This isn't the section for kids, right? No. Okay, good. This was earthquake myths. Okay. It had its own section because I think yeah. they were so annoyed. Apparently. Um, everyone says these things. You ready? For- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other myths? I have some weird facts. I have a weird question. Oh, I'm sorry. This is also from the myths. One more. Let's do it. Can I do it? Yeah. this one's my favorite. Let's hear. So it's a question under the myths section of will California eventually fall into the ocean? Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. So it says, no, that's not really how it works. Good. California is firmly planted on top of the Earth's crust. So the thing is that its location spans two tectonic plates. Let's see. So, I don't so know. yes. The San Andreas Fault um, and then the Pacific Plate and the North American Plate. So, okay, sorry. I'm going to delete that part. Kay. The San Andreas Fault System includes those, the Pacific Plate and the North American Plate, and those are the ones that run alongside each other, basically up and down California. So they're moving horizontally, slowly si- sliding past one another, the Pacific Plate moves northwest with respect to the North American Plate approximately 46 millimeters a year. The rate, the same rate that your fingernails grow. Ooh. So. So we could be matching. 
<laughs> with the faults with your long fingernails. Yeah. So they're saying basically the way that is set up, the, there's no way that there's nowhere to for California to fall into. But at some point in the future, and this is really crazy, Los Angeles and San Francisco will be next to each other. That will make the commute a little bit easier. <laughs> Just saying. Isn't that crazy? Does that mean like thousands of years? Well, I mean, if let's be honest, will America still exist? Will those two? Si- <laughs> I just got really scared. What are you, what are you trying to say? I mean, that's gonna take a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. won't see it. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I mean, it would be like I said, it'd be nice, but I don't know if an, a big like, earthquake would make that go faster or slow. The, like if yeah. The bigger question is, will we still have, will San Francisco get better weather or will LA get worse weather? We would probably get worse weather. Probably. Because if it's moving up. Well, we shouldn't say that. I'm just saying the bottom part (laughs) of California. that's saying where we live. That's okay. California is pretty large, so. Um but we're not from the north part. Nope. Do you want to hear some couple funny facts? Weird facts. Yes. Uh, so people talk about whether or not they can hear earthquakes. Hmm. Like, like the ru- you know how you hear like the rumbling? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is where I think the pet thing might come in. Oh, they can hear it. So human beings can detect freq- sounds in the frequency range of 20 to 23. Isn't um, I thought I was trying to say twenty thousand to twenty thousand, but I think it means twenty to twenty thousand hertz. If a P wave, remember the P. Ooh, if a P wave refracts, this is also from I believe that website. If a P wave refracts out of the rock surface into the air, and it has a frequency in the audible range, it will be heard as a rumble. What? Most earthquake frequencies. Sorry, most earthquake waves have a frequency of less than 20 hertz. So the waves themselves are usually not heard. That's so cool. Most of the rumbling noise heard during an earthquake is the building and its contents moving. Yeah, that makes sense. Yay, that makes me really happy that you had that reaction. Interesting, right? So I don't know what the, the, you know, decibels, is that the right word? Sure. Can the pets can hear? Maybe Uh. we should look that up really quick, but... Maybe that's why they're actually hearing it or something like that. Not just feeling it or sensing it in some mystical way, but maybe there's more of a scientific explanation. Wow. And I'm going to probably sound dumb, but that's because cr- you know how like sound is energy is yeah. waves that like an energy wave also has like a sound wave mm-hmm. associated with it. Yeah. Now, get ready for your mind to be blown a second time. No, not a second time. Also, you said that thing about sounding dumb. I think we're taking that risk every time we talk on this That's thing. That's true. So. Just in general. Whatever. Uh, weird fact I wrote. Have you ever heard of moonquakes? What? I know. Moonquakes are earthquakes on the moon. Wait a minute. But they happen less frequently and they have less magnitudes than the ones on Earth. So they have plates and all that? It's still the same? Let me keep going. Okay. It appears this is from a website. I'm not a moon expert. From moonfacts.com? They are related to the tidal stresses associated with the varying distance between 
the moon and earth. And they also occur at a greater depth, uh, which is about halfway between the surface and the center of the moon. Whoa, so they have quakes based on the the stresses of the tidal, the gravity. tidal stresses. I don't know what tidal means. I'm just going to leave it at tidal stresses because I don't know either. But something, and yeah, they apparently can detect it. But it's from a legit website. I have, again, <laughs> sources will be up. I thought it was cool. That is cool. Sharing it because I like it. I thought you were going to say that the moon causes earthquakes. No. But that would be cool, too. Doesn't the moon cause the waves? Mm-hmm. And possibly the tsunamis? Mm. Nope, the earthquakes do. Which is from the moon. <laughs> the earthquakes from the moon. <laughs> earthquakes from the moon cause the tsunamis. Yes. Which Fact. are the earthquakes on the earth. You can just cut all that out. I'm just making <laughs> stuff up now. But, anywho. Yeah. Pretty interesting, right? Very interesting probably more interesting because we're from california <laughs> yeah and we're like earthquakes what everyone cares about we're, earthquakes well i feel like we're a little more numb to it which is surprising that it's so interesting <laughs> is that rude to earthquakes in general i feel like Do you know what i mean i feel like it's one of those things where you try not to think about it because mm-hmm. everyone else and their mom is like the big one's coming the big one's coming and you can't <laughs> like you can't do anything about it and you don't know when exactly so i think most people just try to put it out of their minds because if the big one really is coming what are we gonna do goodbye yeah like see well, ya. St- you know take cover but I get mean, your bag ready but we don't know that's that thing where we don't know for example being in like new york city versus north dakota state yeah. yeah yeah you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. which makes sense because there's if there's more people in an area then yeah there's more damage that's you know likely to be done yeah so i'd say you're not paranoid for definitely not worrying about the earthquake but i feel like if you take the steps to kind of prepare yourself yeah it's not something you should actively worry about because there's not really anything you can do besides being prepared for it and knowing what to do yeah which talking about it and just getting a you know a bag Mm -hmm. ready and being aware Mm mm-hmm I think it's half the mental battle. Mm-hmm. Although I would say I do have a weird superstition about whenever I talk about it, I feel like, oh God, it's going to happen right after. It's funny you say that because I was like, what if <laughs> mid-recording we had one and then somehow it was recorded and then we made history because we, mm-hmm. we were like recording during it. People would be like, you're the reason why. Yeah. It's or like we a- just didn't feed the catfish, one of the two. I mean. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Got to live your life. Don't. Don't worry about it. Just mm-hmm. be prepared. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that's a lot of that's one of our probably underlying themes. Yeah. Be prepared for it and then don't worry about it. I mean, in terms of like stressing out. Yeah. About don't it. lose sleep every day over it. Yeah. But it's OK to have a healthy level of caution. Yes. Yeah. Get on our level. Get on. Get an SOS bag. Mm-hmm. They're not paying us to say this. I just think they're <laughs> cool and very convenient. Yeah. Or make your own SOS bag. Mm-hmm. DIY SOS. Mm-hmm. But for sure, for sure, if you've gone through an earthquake, and also we didn't talk about a lot of earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, tons happen every single year. Mm-hmm. And many people are affected every single year. Many people die, you know, from the avalanches, tsunamis. Yeah. And eventually we'll cover 
those different natural disasters as well mm-hmm. um, like avalanches tsunamis fire. but now it can all go back but basically we know earthquake. who to blame it on yeah mm-hmm. good Which, old earthquake not, not every time <laughs> is it an earthquake but they're all it's all kind of connected mm-hmm. so very interesting indeed well thanks for listening yeah thanks and we hope you learned something mm-hmm. if not more than something <laughs> <laughs> but just a little something a little some some but uh yeah if you have any paranoias that you think are considered not something to be paranoid about but people call you paranoid for caring about write in at you're not paranoid at gmail.com uh we'll have all our sources because i know this one's super scientific so yeah. <laughs> we'll at least show you or disclaimer like they said it so we're gonna say mm-hmm. it uh you're not paranoid.com slash sources we'll also have some pictures up there of like the old uh, I think I called it the seismo, seismo, seis, seismoscope. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're welcome. From uh, China and some of the other pictures of different um, earthquakes and the, you know, Damage. damages they've caused. Mm-hmm. But yeah, stay interested. Keep listening. No matter what they tell you. You're not paranoid. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support us, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and subscribe to our podcast. Every rating and review helps us grow our podcast and grow our community. Thanks again.